Here's a little known fantasy secret. We really don't know a lot going into the season. And so week one gives us a great opportunity to actually see a product on the field that we can assess and analyze and move forward with. And that's what we're doing. Our week two preview starts now. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. Week two preview is coming at you right now. It's Donald. I'm here with Scott. Hey. Tom is still uh, on his business trip, but he will be back to wrap up week two, and we're excited to have him back because the takes are going to be flying. Out of those eccentric shirts that he likes to wear when we record. Well, he he's been texting us, and he, he you can tell he's kind of chomping at the bit to get back out here and give the fans, you know, his two cents. And we look forward to that day. But you know, just like in the NFL, when one goes down, we have to move forward, and we will move yeah. forward with our preview for week two. Yeah, and uh, we don't even have a next man up, so no, it's, it's just, just us the now. Two of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to hang in there. It's for more you. targets for both of us now. So yes, that's <laughs> um, we are gonna be previewing every game just like we did in our week one preview. Uh, we've got some headlines to touch on. Some injuries were confirmed that we talked about at week one, but otherwise it really was a low headline week, which for week two is very good. Yes, um, you know we don't need other, any practice injuries happening yet or anything like that. So uh, so let's get right into it. Okay. Uh, we have a regular Thursday night game now. It's not Sunday night football, Thursday night edition kickoff special <laughs> that they called it last week, which like whatever that means. They should have just added like eight more subtitles and yeah. made it like a like a panic at the disco song or something. <laughs> um, so we've got like the perfect short week Thursday night game for week two. Yes. Because it's two teams that really could have used a long week to prepare because they looked <laughs> terrible, but now they have a short week. They're both 0-1. The Texans and the Bengals, I mean, literally the only team who looked worse offensively than the Texans last week was the Bengals. Right. And now these two teams have to play each other. And I really don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if I'm a fantasy owner who's got like an A.J. Green, I feel like I still have to roll him out there oh, because yeah. the talent's there. But outside of him, I really don't know based on week one's results who I'm going to be confident starting in this game. All right, so I'll come in and try and help you out there. I mean, Hopkins got 16 targets last week. That's a lot. If you're not going to start that, then you know there's not really going to be a, a replacement that's going to get anywhere near the volume. For me, still start him. He'll still get open. It might take – he might only catch five balls, but if he's getting 16 targets, he's going to be heavily involved literally from the goal line to the goal line. So I think he's a good volume play still. Um Miller, I guess, you know, is a volume play, but well, I don't really love it. You know, obviously from my bold predictions, you know, I'm not I'm not so hot on Miller, but like we've said, where you drafted him, you kind of have to start. Well, him. your bold prediction is actually like already on its way because Bill O'Brien came out and said they're looking to get Deontay Foreman more work in games. Right. So you've already got this promising rookie who they invested in pretty highly in the draft. And now Lamar Miller, of course, comes out, looks a little sluggish, just like the rest of the offense. Right. So I'm worried about Lamar Miller. You know, I don't think it's going to happen this week, but you've already got to start kind of thinking, okay, Lamar Miller might not be the guy I can rely on full season. Yeah, they um, were even using uh, Irvin 
getting right. that was spelling. It was more of a spelling role, but he was still ended up with like five carries and like three catches or something yeah. like that. You brought up DeAndre Hopkins. It's important to note Deshaun Watson looks like he's going to make his first career start. Right. Um, they spent all preseason saying Tom Savage is our starter. Tom Savage is our starter. We love him. I don't know what they saw in practice that was different from what they saw in the first half of that Jacksonville game, but you know. Now Watson's the quarterback, and it just kind of seems like we don't really know what's going on with Houston, and this is the kind of mess that gets coaches fired, unfortunately. So hopefully Bill O'Brien shows us he's got this master plan, but right now I have no faith in the Texans, and I have even less faith in anyone not named A.J. Green on the Bengals. Eifert with one catch for four yards. You know, the backfield, the, the touches were all pretty similar. Giovanni Bernard dominated the second half because of the the deficit that they had, they were facing so I'm not really sure if I can trust him this week because you know you got to think that Cincinnati this game's going to be closer than that one because you got to hope Cincinnati scores a point I'm rolling Eifert out again um, yep. I think last week was a kind of situation where the Ravens know Dalton very well and they know where he likes to go in certain areas I think that's why they were you know it seemed like they were ahead of the receivers. Um, at a point in that game, they were beating them to, on their routes and stuff like that. I think it may be a little bit different. I'm going to give Eifert another chance. I know everyone out there is probably can't stand him, but his touchdown upside is too high. You're not actually going to pick up and start like a Jesse James and play him over him just because he's so inconsistent. He's just as inconsistent as Eifert, probably even worse. So I would give Eifert another shot, and and you're going to start green, but I'm with you. Like The running backs... Let them have another week or so to figure themselves out. Dalton, hopefully he can figure himself out in some capacity. And hopefully this game doesn't have a lot of timeouts, a lot of injuries, and a lot of penalties. So it can just go as quickly as possible and we can move on to Sunday. This would be a perfect game if you maybe like went too hard for the Chiefs-Patriots opener and then, you know, spent all day like chugging some beers with your buddies. Like this would be a good catch-up day where yeah. you just like, okay, you know what? Like, the Bengals are playing the Texans. Like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I need to charge up for next for this coming Sunday. We'll watch it so yeah. you guys don't have we, to. <laughs> we unfortunately have to. We'll endure we the pain podcast. for you. Uh, let's move on to Sunday slate, though. The first game we've got is the Bills and the Panthers. This is probably going to be where Buffalo's offense gets exposed more fully. They didn't play a defense that could stop them and stop their number one weapon with, you know, the Jets last week. And the Panthers were stuffing Carlos Hyde on the run. They did let him get seven catches, but you know that was when the Niners were in catch-up mode. And I think the Bills are going to be in that same mode. The only difference is we don't really know who's going to be that proven, you know, weapon in the passing game. So I think this one could get really ugly, especially in Carolina's home opener. I think so too. Um, I like that you brought up that it's Carolina's home opener. Um, their defense has typically played very, very well at home in the past under Ron Rivera. I fully expect that again. Um, you know, the only guy you can start on the Bills is is Shady, just because of his volume. You know, he's gonna get, he's gonna accumulate yards because he's just such a good back. Um, the only other guy that I would consider would actually be Charles Clay, just because I think he'll get the target volume, and I think he may actually be their best receiver this year. Um, moving on to to the Panthers. Give think, me them all. Yeah, I Give think this all. is the week of Christian McCaffrey's first NFL touchdown. You think so? I think they're going to want to try it. God, I you hope know, you're that right. That first red zone trip, I just feel like they're going to try and run their best play for him. Right. Get him in the end zone in front of the fans. You know, Hopefully it's Cam throwing him one right. so they can – I'm sure they've got something planned for that celebration. Maybe a double dab in the end zone sure. or something like that. And I can't <laughs> wait to see it. 
Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I think you roll out pretty much everybody from the Panthers that you have. I mean, I'm playing against Kelvin Benjamin. I'm pretty worried about it this week. Yeah, let's um, get him out there in a, in a bounce back. Let's yeah. get Kelvin out there. Let's get Olsen out there. I think Cam will be a little more comfortable and relaxed at home, and I think he'll play better. And I, I like the Panthers pretty big yeah. in that game. Our next game is two teams that are also looking for a bounce back, but one is looking for a much more important bounce back than the other. Um, I really didn't think that the Buccaneers would be hosting this game at Raymond James Stadium. But the Bears are coming. Again, our thoughts continue to be with the victims of Hurricanes, Irma and Harvey. Uh, Hopefully all of our listeners have donated already. And if they can, donate again uh, because they clearly need it a lot more than we do right now. Uh, But let's talk about the task at hand. You know, you brought up a great point, Scott. You know, the Bears have something figured out where they can shut down a top flight receiver. Yeah. So I'm looking at I don't really know how to explain it. But, you know, when you look at the end of the games, the number one receiver typically doesn't do that great against the Bears. Yeah. So I like Evans this week, obviously. He's great. Right. But I don't like him to score a touchdown. What I will say, though, and this is, I think, what makes Evans a little bit different than Julio Jones is Jameis Winston doesn't care what they're doing to him in the red zone. Right. And all it really takes is one play where Jameis extends the play outside the pocket, and that's who he's looking for. Right. That The list is one. Mike Evans. So you're, you're not worried about a, a maybe dilution of Evans' targets going more toward Deshaun Jackson, more toward OJ Howard, and, and the like. I think quantity quality is going to outweigh the quantity. I think For we're sure. going to see a decrease in quantity of Mike Evans' targets. Mm-hmm. He was most targeted receiver in the league last year by a long shot. And I think the Buccaneers, toward the end of the season, even figured out that they can't survive like that. So I think he's going to have. Less quantity of targets, but those quality of targets. He's Jameis is looking for Evans on third down. Jameis is looking for Evans in the red zone. Yep. Jameis is looking, and you know Dirk Cutter wants to get Evans the ball in space. So absolutely, the quality of his targets is not going to diminish at all. Will he get a little bit fewer? Yes. So that makes him less sexy in PPR leagues, but he's still a stud. Yep. And like I said, it just takes one jump ball to yeah. change his entire fantasy day. And like we've said, the Falcons just don't seem like they're that interested in Julio. Right, especially down in the red zone. You know, they look to kind of use him as a decoy, which is ridiculous. But yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Evans is going to get a ton of red zone looks. I just think that the Bears, you know, I'm in on them figuring out how to stop the other team's best receiver. I've just seen it a lot last year. And in the first week this year, I saw it. So I kind of like the other guys on the Bucks this week, too. Okay. And another guy I really like, especially for uh, daily, Cameron Brait. He, the Bears just got owned by Austin Hooper on only two catches. You got to expect more involvement from Brait in the in the Bucks offense in comparison to Hooper in the Falcons offense. I like Brait this week to to possibly score a touchdown and catch maybe five or six balls. Let's move to the Bears. I think the big question, obviously anybody who's got Jordan Howard is starting him. You can't really start any of these wide receivers until we see something tangible on the field. Two quarterback leagues. I haven't I have, I'm in a two quarterback league and Mike Lennon isn't even owned. Right. Let's the just get to the big question. Man is what do you do with Tariq Cohen Cohen, now that you've claimed him off of waivers? And if you claimed him off of waivers, good job. If you were nervous about using your number one waiver claim to do it, don't be. I think that he is very much startable this week. Um, He was the fifth most targeted player in week one. Hashtag stats. Right. So 12 targets he had, turned into eight catches, um, also had six carries and and really showed some bursts on those carries. Um, I think that it's tough when it's only one week, but um, I'm going to throw out some names at you and then maybe we'll try to talk out 
are we going to start him over this guy or maybe we wait a week? Okay. How about a guy like, um, for your flex, let's say, how about a guy like T.Y. Hilton? Cohen. Right? I, I am so, and we'll get to this, I am so terrified of the Colts, and we'll get to this in their game, but I'm, I mean, I'm benching every Colt I have until Andrew Luck comes back from yeah, what I scary. saw on Sunday. Um, but, like, I mean, you know, what are, what are some other names you got on your list? How about um, Bilal Powell? Uh, I think with Bilal Powell's touch inconsistency, we were expecting a lot of him against Buffalo. We didn't get as right. much as we probably should have. Uh, so I, I can see it a reality where I would start Cohen, but, uh, you know, I don't really know. Yeah, it's tough because a lot of people probably drafted Bilal pretty highly. Yeah, six. So you're weighing round. you're weighing this, you know, I used my fifth round pick on this guy. It's only week two. I'm going to start a guy that I didn't even draft. But for me... It's actually a predicament that I have in a league, Powell or Cohen, and I'm still on the brink with it, and I'm leaning more towards Cohen just because of that volume that he got week one. Um, but I also kind of like him, if you're looking at a flex, over like a Martavis Bryant, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, maybe like a, a Crowell or even a Mark Ingram too. Yeah, I mean, if you're the type of player who likes to ride a hot hand, I mean, if you put Cohen in in your lineups over those guys, I'm not going to stop you. I'm typically a wait-a-week kind of guy, however. So if I have to read Cohen anywhere, and I don't, so I can't. Even, I, I guess my expertise isn't even really merited here, but I am still waiting a week. However, the Bears just lost another receiver. That's right. And Tariq Cohen, as you said, was the fifth most targeted player regardless of position. So, you know, there's a tangible reason for you to pick up and start Tariq Cohen. I think he's a perfect flex play for this week. Yeah, I think so too. And the interesting thing is, you know, a lot of people will say, yeah, they lost their best receiver. So, you know, attention, more attention will be put on Cohen. It's hard to put attention on a guy that runs routes out of the backfield. Just ask New England. Right. All righty. So let's move on now to the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, what a tough start for Deshaun Kaiser. He gets his two bitter division rivals to open his season. And, you know, now he goes to Baltimore on the road, whose defense looked fantastic in their shutout of Cincinnati. Right. So, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot about the kid this week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I I think I'm still rolling out Corey Coleman. Because yeah. he looked that good last week. He did look pretty good. And, and you kind of have to assume that they'll be down. Uh, for me, I'm not starting any Browns. Yeah. I, I would sit Coleman just because... I just think that the Ravens' defense is actually pretty darn good this year. And going home and playing against a rookie quarterback, I think I'm benching Crowell too. Wow, that was that was my next question. Yeah, I, I think, think I'm I think I'm I'm staying away from Crowell. Uh, he really didn't play that well against the Steelers. Yeah, and uh, I kind of expect a little more of the same. Unfortunately for him yeah. against Baltimore. Moving on to Baltimore, um, give me West. And give me Buck Allen. I think yep. both of them should be in, in your starting lineup if you own them. I know that you lost David Johnson in the league and you were fortunate enough to get Buck Allen. I'm Congratulations for that. Yeah, that was big. Uh, we need to clarify this, though. Danny Wood had now expected to be out six to eight weeks. Devastating. And, you know, six to eight weeks puts us late November, early December. The Cardinals just said that they hope to get David Johnson back sometime in December. So if you were if you were a David Johnson owner and you happen to pick up Buck Allen, you may have found your safety valve. Right. Um, you know, I, I've got a couple other running backs on that particular roster that I'm hoping pan out, but at least now I know I have a guy who's clearly going to be a part of the Ravens game plan moving forward. Right. But I also like uh, 
Macklin this week just yep. because Brown just absolutely torched uh, the Brown secondary. And Macklin does a lot of the same things that Brown can do, not as well as Brown, of course. But- right. And with all the attention off of him and his price lowered a lot, don't necessarily hate Mike Wallace in a DraftKings lineup this week. He'll be relatively cheap. Still consistent. The Ravens had a weird week last week where they just didn't really throw because they never really had to. Who knows if they will again this week. I think they'll throw a little more than running the ball 40 times with West and Buck Allen. So I think Mike Wallace, if you're looking for a guy, a cheap guy in DraftKings, I think he's a guy to target. Buck Allen, something to keep in mind. Buck Allen actually outrushed and was out-targeted or and, and out-targeted. Terrence West and out snapped and out snapped. So it was so, a cl- it was almost a start for him really once yeah, Woodhead came out. So that's what you've got to think about because remember Danny Woodhead still the team leader in receptions right. on the Ravens. So if Buck Allen goes right into that Danny Woodhead role, he's an every week starter. Yes. So let's move on now to the Titans and the Jaguars. The Jags opening up with two AFC South teams, and they might be getting the Titans at a good spot right now because that offense just did not look in rhythm. The Jags defense looked awesome, and the Titans got beat on the ground by Marshawn Lynch, and now they get Leonard Fournette, who looked every part of an NFL running back last week. Yes, I think did. the Titans could get really exposed here, and so I am happy to be a Leonard Fournette owner if I have him in any league this week. Wow. I'm surprised you said that because of how much um, we've all really hyped the Titans. I think this is kind of – I'm going to take a contrarian view from you. I think this is a week where we realize the Jags still have a ways to go. And I think that the Titans are just a, a better team fully across the board. I think you'll see more of a DeMarco Murray resurgence this week. And Delaney Walker will keep a steady production. I'm not in love with the receivers because, as we've said, we kind of like the, the Jacksonville D-backs this year. Um, so I'm going to say maybe stay away from your Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, Eric Decker. But, you know, some teams might not have better options, and I get that. Um, I think I like the Titans this week. I, I just feel like the Jags last week were able to take advantage of just the Texans not really knowing where they were. And the yeah. Titans know where they are. They had a tough week last week, but they played against one of the best teams in the NFL. And I think that they'll bounce back strong. Am I worried about Fournette? Not at all. He's got to start yeah. Fournette. But I'm not starting anyone else on the Jags. Keep an eye on those pass catchers, though, because it's going to be interesting to see where those targets go on a post Allen Robinson. Right. Let's world. see that volume. Moving on now. To the Cardinals and the Colts, and I need everybody to raise their right hand. If you have a Bible, you can put your left hand on that and repeat after me. I, state your name, will always stream the defense that's playing the Colts without Andrew Luck. Well, unfortunately for this week, the Cardinals were probably drafted. They definitely were. Yeah, but I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) They, They need to be your defense in FanDuel or DraftKings. It's whatever the cost, it's worth it. Agreed. Yeah, definitely worth paying the money. And I'm starting all my Cardinals and like almost ignoring last week, even though they played horribly. I think I think Carson Palmer can easily have a big bounce back week. Um, Larry Fitz, you're obviously going to start. I wouldn't hate you having a dart throw of John Brown, especially in a DraftKings. I tried Carson Palmer and John Brown last week. It didn't work out that well. I might go back to the well again this week. Um, and... If you're going to start Kerwin Williams, too, I'm cool with it, I think. Obviously, his role, who knows at this point, but I think he's going to get goal line touches, and I think he's going to score a touchdown. Yeah, Todd Gurley had a fantastic, hopefully a get-back performance against these Colts, and it's just, you know, they looked hopeless. Like, the Colts really didn't have a chance 
as soon as they took the field on Sunday. Yeah. And so you got to expect a lot of big plays from their defense. And I like, like I said, I'm benching T.Y. Hilton. I'm benching Dante Moncrief. I'm benching Frank Gore. I cut Jack Doyle in a league this week yeah. in favor of keeping Evan Engram. Yeah, it stinks because so, we thought Doyle was going to be good with you know, luck, too. And we don't, we still don't really have a set return date for Andrew Luck. No, they're saying October now. October can quickly turn into Halloween. Yeah, and then by that time it's Thanksgiving. And be honest, do you really think the Colts are going to win a game without Luck the way they looked in Week One? Not the way they looked in Week One. So who knows? Maybe Luck sets the entire season. Exactly. I, I mean, I I sure as heck hope not. But um, I'm interested to see how Brissett does this week with the with the offense. Not expecting a lot, but it seems like he's going to take over as a starter, and I think he's better than Tolzien yeah. for what that's worth. And he's been on the team for a week and a half. Yeah, so good so luck, buddy. So three days into his tenure with the Colts, he was in the game, and now a week and a half in, he's possibly in the starting lineup. So it's just a disaster, and I, I feel for any Colts fans who are listening to our show right now. Uh, let's move on to a very intriguing game, just because they're two teams that you really don't see together a lot. Andy Reid returning to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, who looked very good last weekend. Um, you know, Carson Wentz showed some almost Aaron Aaron Rodgers esque pocket presence on a couple of plays last week. Um, but we need to talk about the Tyreek Hill problem because at, uh, Philadelphia just lost their number one corner to a dislocated ankle, and by far their fastest corner. Yeah, and they have no one that will be able to stay in front of him. And I think if Alex Smith has shown that he's, if Alex Smith is actually as ready to throw the deep ball this year as he looked in week one, this could get really ugly really quickly for the Eagles. No doubt. So as, as uh, we were talking before, you know, the thing that I like most about the Chiefs this week is that Andy Reid has 10 days to prepare for an opponent. It's essentially a bye week. It's essentially a bye week. And if you want to go ahead and look up Andy Reid's bye week stats coming off a bye his win-loss is like, I think he may have only lost one time ever. So he's great off a bye. He's always very well prepared. And I think Alex Smith embodies that from him. So when they're going to be this prepared and they recognize the deficiencies in the secondary, I'm looking for another big one from Hill. I'm looking for another big receiving yardage day from uh, Kareem Hunt, probably close to at least 60 receiving yards. And I like Kelsey as well in more of a bounce back. Let's get him involved. Let's get him rolling kind of weak. Um, all those guys in the Chiefs I like. I think Alex Smith is very much worth a start this week. Absolutely. He's very streamable. Probably going to be still pretty cheap because um, that production, I think, would need to be sustained for his price to really get jacked up. For sure. Um, for, on the flip side, though, if we think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points, that means the Eagles are going to be throwing a lot, which does add some intrigue to Wentz. But I think the Chiefs defense has a lot more playmaking ability than Washington's did, which I think leads to a Chiefs win rather than an Eagles win. I think the Chiefs are going to take this one home too, especially because it's in Arrowhead. One thing to point out, no Eric Berry for the Chiefs. Zach Ertz stock. Yeah. rising. I like him a lot this week in DFS. And don't forget, it was fluky as Scott pointed out, there were three offensive or sorry, three defensive pass interferences in the end zone that set up three Mike Gillisley one-yard touchdowns. Right. You know who else is really good at churning in one-yard rushing touchdowns? LeGarrette. LeGarrette Blunt. So just be careful with that as well, especially knowing these Chiefs defensive backs are prone to just kind of saying forget it and does committing Je pass interference. Does Jeffrey get a start for you against Marcus Peters? No. No. No, I mean I I mean I'm very against Alshon Jeffrey in any format. Um, but given where people drafted him, 
they probably feel like they have to. I would understand it, but you know, Peters looked great. He the Patriots didn't target the receivers he was covering, right? And I think the Chiefs can take that information. You know, te- teams are scared of this guy, so right. if they can put him on Jeffrey and feel like they shut down one of their best red zone weapons, I think they're going to do it. Guy to look for, I think, in that offense in that receiving course, Aguilar. That's what because I because yep. Amendola really did some damage in the slot. Um, so I think Aguilar is. Uh, if you have him on your team and you want to and you want to flex him or even WR to him. I'm not opposed. Yeah, he's definitely going to be serviceable for the rest of this year. Moving on now to the Vikings and the Steelers. And I don't think Sam Bradford could have looked any better against that Saints defense if he tried. However, the word Saints defense do kind of take away from that performance. They sure do. The Vikings offense looked like it was a very well-oiled machine. If it wasn't for Kareem Hunt, I think we would be raving about how good Dalvin Cook looked. Absolutely. At the end of that game, really closed it out for them. Um, and the Vikings defense held uh, New Orleans to no touchdowns. I think this is a big-time problematic game for Pittsburgh, who really escaped Cleveland with a win last week. I think, you know, with Le'Veon Bell's rust from the holdout, you know, they really only have Antonio Brown, and oh boy, here comes Xavier Rhodes. Now, in the past, when Antonio Brown has faced top-flight corners, he's proven he's, like, really immune to it, basically. Right. So... But, you know, if he's if, if there's even a little bit more difficult for Brown to get open against the Vikings than it was against the Browns, the Steelers really might be in trouble in this game. Yeah, I kind of li- I'm kind of really excited for this game. I think it's going to be a very well played game. Both teams are, are going to be able to move the ball on offense. So I, I like everybody on the Vikings. That's really startable. Cook, I think Rudolph uh, and the two receivers, Diggs and Thielen. I think Diggs and Thielen both are every week starters. Until further notice, I mean that, that they played. It was time. very impressive what they what they what they put out there, and uh, I'd have to agree with you. I want to see I want to see what they do next week. Um, looking forward to the Steelers. I'm kind of fading on Martavis Bryant, which makes me think he's going to score a touchdown this week. Um, That's typically how it goes, right? With him. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Le'Veon, you're starting him, uh, but I, I'm not overly excited about it because the Vikings did a great job against uh, the Saints running backs. Really Which did. and you know the, that that three headed monster the Saints have is not anywhere near as bad as what it looked like uh, on Monday night. Yeah, and uh, Ben, I mean he's at home, but he plays against a good defense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you. What do you think on Ben? I'm not starting him. I, I think if you have Ben, you probably have another option at quarterback, and chances are it's gonna be better. Um, I think you know this Vikings defense was for real last year, and it's going to be for real this year. Yeah. The only problem the Vikings defense had at the end of last year was that the offense couldn't stay on the field. And if we saw anything from the Vikings offense, it's that they know how to stay on the field and they know how to put points on the board. Right. If Sammy Sleeves is going to be slinging like this, <laughs> the rest of this league is in trouble. Yeah, because they're very well structured to really control the clock and control the game script when Bradford has enough time to throw the ball. Can TJ Watt and and company really put the pressure on him and dial it up and see how Bradford responds? I think that's the key to the game. I don't think the Steelers do it, and I like the Vikings this week. Me too. Let's move on now to the team the Vikings beat on Monday night. The Saints, that offense did not look very good. We got road Drew Brees like many people probably expected. They come home. For a get-right game against the Patriots, who we don't say it often, but kind of need this as a get-right game. Um, and I think this is more of a get-right game for the Patriots for sure. 
That Saints defense did not look like they could stop anyone. Thielen and Diggs were getting wide open at will. Basically, anytime Sam Bradford needed somebody open, they were there. Right. So now you've got Tom Brady coming in. I think we can all agree, as good as Sam Bradford looked over the course of both of their careers, I think Tom Brady's a little bit better than Sam Bradford. Not from a means, completion percentage standpoint, but yeah. <laughs> which means that this Saints defense is in trouble. Absolutely. I think that um, there will be a heaping chip on the shoulder of Tom Brady and uh I'm starting everyone if I have them even James White I think is deserving of a start with his propensity to catch a pass and take it to the end zone if PPR is involved in any way in your league I think James White is a perfect running back to or flex start he was on the field for basically the entire second half when the Chief, when the Patriots were down against the Chiefs right. obviously we know about what he did in the Super Bowl but even when they were winning games last year like he was still very involved in the pass game and they lost Amendola. They've already lost Edelman. You know, Tom Brady's running out of weapons that he can depend on. Hogan's been there a year. Cooks has now been here for a couple of months. They've got Gronk. Dwayne Allen hasn't been there for very long. I really think this could be a big-time PPR monster in James White going forward. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think he's going to churn in a, a season similar to last year's. Uh, what do you think about Cooks? Do you think the Saints, because they owned him, previously have some insight or you think that he's just going to take him to the woodshed because I think he's just going to burn him well I think we you know we talked about this a little bit the Saints for some reason just seemed like they only wanted to send him on go routes so I would even see Josh McDaniels trying to puff his chest out a little bit and see like look what we did with your toy you know type of thing so I I can see that happening for sure um he was so close on so many different occasions yeah he was right there against if he gets this figured out with Brady you know, this is why you drafted him in the second or third round. Because you think that it's going to get to this point. I think that at some point it could reach an explosion week. And since I have Cooks, I hope it's week two. Oh, of course. Um, and I'm excited for him. I, I really, I agree with you. I was watching that game like, damn, you know, it just tips off his fingers. And then there's a, he gets two pass interferences in the end zone. I think he's due for a big game. Yeah. And we know he runs fast on that New Orleans turf. Oh, he certainly does. We're moving on now to the. Jets and the Raiders, uh, the only note I wrote on my sheet is beast mode because this is a team that couldn't corral Shady, and now they get Marshawn Lynch, who looked like a spring chicken last week. Right. A, a spring chicken who is like the most horrifying thing you've ever seen. Right. But, I mean. Double that, birding the other team. Yeah, with that black <laughs> visor and, you know, just the violent style that he runs with. I mean, there's nothing more terrifying than seeing Marshawn Lynch get through the hole. Just ask Jarrell Casey. Ooh, that was awesome. Yeah. And he doesn't he look cool in a Raiders uniform? It looks awesome. I mean, he always yeah. looked cool, but even in a Raiders uniform, yeah. I think he looks it's, especially it's awesome. Like per, it's like the perfect match yeah. for I, them. For but me. I, like, the Raiders are going to blow the Jets out. Yeah, and that's, it's like a interesting, I was talking about it earlier, it's interesting, like, are the Raiders going to blow them out like 28 nothing in the first half and then bench everybody? Or will it be more of like a gradual blowout where by the third quarter it's, you know, 42 to 10 and, and we're done? Well, I suppose it just depends on if Amari Cooper can catch a target in the end zone. Yeah, maybe try Crabtree. Or maybe they try Crabtree and it actually works, right? But or yeah. maybe Jared Cook, who knows? But, right, um, and I think we're play- you're definitely playing your Crabtree, your Cooper, your, your Lynch, and, and Carr. The, well, the, your big four from the Raiders yeah. are absolutely getting the if play. If you're looking at fantasy sites, it'll, it'll probably say something like, oh, the Jets are in you know the bottom third of the league giving up points against a wide receiver. Yeah, well, they played the Bills and they got smoked they last week. So they, like, they didn't throw, and it just so happened that Charles Clay caught a touchdown from Tyrod Taylor. So... You know, that was very fluky. The 
the Raiders receivers are a lot more talented than the, whatever the Bills rolled out there Absolutely. last week. So if you see that number and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't start crap, no. You're starting them. Only guy that I might start for the Jets is uh, Powell, just because I, I think that at some point they are going to realize his potential as not only their best runner but their best receiver and start to give him more carries and more work. And then, I mean, DraftKings, can I – can I sell you on Jermaine Curse? Five catches last week? Going to be worth almost nothing in a game that they're probably going to throw the whole time? No. Nothing? <laughs> ah, nope. I tried. The jet engine was so loud that I couldn't really hear any of that argument. <laughs> okay. So I guess we should just move on. Yeah, that's fine. Let's move on to the first game that the Dolphins are playing against the Chargers. Uh, Chargers on a heartbreaking loss Ugh. to the Broncos. What a game. If you stayed up until whatever ungodly hour that game was played until we recorded before it even started because we knew we weren't going to be able to stay up for right. the whole thing. Um, it, but you were treated to a great game. The Chargers offense looked great. Melvin Gordon looked good. Um, you know, Keenan Allen looks like he's back. He had kind of like a weird day because he caught like five balls but he didn't even have 50 receiving yards and he caught a touchdown I, I credit that more to the Broncos defense and what they were able to do he still got a uh, plenty of targets and he looked he looked very good out there so do you think that when they got on the plane did they put Keenan Allen in styrofoam or did they put him in bubble wrap what do you think their preference is <laughs> I think that his row is just blocked is like almost like a quarantine mm. area where it's just like a He's in a straight jacket and it's all padded, and he just sits there and they just keep him nice yeah. and calm. Maybe they just figured out robots and they haven't told us yet. <laughs> uh, but whatever they got to do to keep Keenan Allen on the field, I hope we do it because it was so cool seeing him. It back was out nice there. to see him. I hope the tight ends for the Chargers get a little more involved. They were completely absent from the game. Hunter Henry didn't even get a target. I only saw Gates get one catch, but I really like everybody in this matchup. I, I love Ajay. I'm in on. I'm in on the. Dolphins receivers, Parker and Landry, I think they're both good for a start this week. Um, good with Rivers, good with Melgo, good with uh, Keenan, and even good with Tyrell Williams, yeah. too. I just think it's going to be a game that's you're going to start to creep into that high 20s range. And once you start to do that, you know the fantasy numbers are just going to start to add up and yeah. add up. And it's it's this is actually a great time to highlight it. We've got all 16 teams playing. There's only one game on Monday night. There's five four o'clock games this week, right? So your red zone day is going to be full it's the be whole fun. time through. Like last yeah. week, I felt like the four o'clocks were such a snooze, but yeah. with this game and the four o'clock slate, I think it's going to be really great. I'm just hoping that we get to see the first chapter of Devontae's Inferno. Yeah, I think that you may. Um, I think that he's ready to to kind of burst out on the scene and he's fully healthy. Um, one of the things I'm excited about is Jay Cutler playing Philip Rivers again. You know, they have such like a weirdly intriguing rivalry, and I hope it in some way gets renewed. Like, I want to see Phil yelling across the field at Jay, even just for old times. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know he's going to be looking for him on the sidelines when he throws that first touchdown. No doubt. Let's move on now to the Rams at Washington. Jared Goff couldn't have looked any better last week unless he threw a couple more touchdowns, but because of the lead that their defense gave him, he didn't really need to. And the defense scored two themselves. I think Cooper Cup's the real deal. I think Sammy Watkins is only going to get better in this offense. And well, let's hold on just for this week because Sammy's getting the Norman treatment this week. Excellent point, Scott. Thank you very much. No problem. So I'm, am I about to pick the Rams to win this game? I feel so dirty doing it. I think a lot of people feel the same way, but 
you know, I wrote in my notes, this is a weirdly interesting game. It you really know, is. For that reason. Like, you don't really know who's going to win, but you're, I'm kind of excited to see it. Um, I want to see Kirk bounce back, but it's going to be tough because the Rams' defense is pretty good. They're getting Aaron Donald back. Pryor has to do battle with Tremaine Johnson, which is going to be tough, but I'm still starting Pryor just because he's a beast, and I think that him and Kirk are going to start to build that chemistry a little better each week. Um, I'm going to start Kirk, too. Um and obviously, you drafted Reed too high not to start him when he's healthy. So you got to roll him out there. For the Rams, Gurley, I'm starting, but I'm a little nervous just because, you know, his yards per carry wasn't incredible last week. And the Redskins did a decent job bottling up the Philly run game. Give me Cooper Cup for sure. I think that if you have him, you definitely should start him. Currently, because... my starting flex in the Internet Celebrity League. Nice. It's a good start, I think, because, the mule. because Watkins is going to get the Norman treatment. And that's going to leave plenty of room for the Moscow Mule to run wild again. It's it's He kind of looked like Adam Thielen to me. Like It just seemed like Cooper Cup was open whenever the Rams needed a completion. Yeah. And that's the kind of asset you want on your fantasy team. A guy who's always open is a guy who's going to get a lot of catches. Um, I'm interested to see Washington's backfield. I felt like Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan really didn't do a whole lot to enthuse me about them. Right. So I'm not really too fixated on either one. No. I don't think I'm starting either one yet. How about Thompson? Does he get a look for you in PPR? Um, Maybe if I'm really desperate, if I'm a David Johnson guy who yeah. kind of ended up thin at running back, but I'm not really sure what I'm going to do um, with the Washington backfield. So when I have that issue, I kind of just ignore all of them. Right. All right. So let's move on now to the Cowboys and the Broncos. This was an awesome week two matchup a couple of years ago. If you remember, this was right when uh, Denver looked like they were going to go for an undefeated season. This was when pa- Peyton Manning set all those touchdown records. And Tony Romo looks like he was going to go drive them down the field. Throws a crippling pick six. So it would be interesting if Tony was calling this game. Yeah, it would be. I hope he does. Yeah. Um, I'm nervous about this game for all parties involved, unless your name's Ezekiel Elliott. Both teams play a, a ball control Almost defensive style. At least the Cowboys opened up like they were a defensive style. And because of that style, I just think that, you know, Dak is is a tough start this week. Um, if you have a better option, I think I may look toward it. I would still, I think I would start Witten. But I'm not going to start Dez this week if I own him. I'm not starting Witten knowing what uh, I know about the Chargers tight, what the Chargers tight ends did against yeah, the Broncos last week. For sure. Um, Dez, I can't start. I, I mean, you got to start Dez because you just never know. He's a Mike Evans type. You never know when he's going to get that red zone look and convert it. But I'm nervous for sure. Yeah. And this is a tough opening couple of weeks for Dez. Yeah, it is. I I don't know. For To me, I guess you're right. I don't have him in a league, so I can I can say don't start him, you know, pretty confidently because there's not really much ramification for me. Um but if you drafted him that early, I kind of get why you're starting. I would just be very nervous. Um, moving to the Broncos, I'm, I'm not incredibly excited for their prospects either. Um, I don't know if I'm playing Emmanuel Sanders. I'm probably going to play Demarius Thomas just because his floor is normally so high. Uh, I think I'd give C.J. Anderson a go as well. But, you know, I, I'm a little pessimistic about this whole game i just think it's gonna be a defensively driven game kind of like the one we saw the broncos play against the giants or i'm sorry the 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 cowboys play against the giants yeah this one's got 17 10 written all over it 
Sure does. Um, what did you make of Simeon's performance on Monday night, though? Because he looked very good. He did look very good. He he started the game very good, though. Only Once, problem is he can't back that up with another great game because the Cowboys' defense really bottled up Eli and the Giants' pass catchers very well. Yeah, they did a great job of that, and they really bottled up the running game, really. I, you know, losing Odell for the Giants really put a spike on them. But, um, yeah, I mean, Simeon played well in the first half, but... If you watched most of that game, the Chargers defense kind of settled in, and that's how they were able to make that comeback because Simeon, you know, it's the same story with Simeon. We we haven't seen him take that next step yet. It looked like it in the first half, but Chargers go in at halftime, make a few adjustments, and the next thing you know, it's same old Trevor Simeon. I expect that against the, the Cowboys as well. You know, I'm just nervous about all the, all the guys in that game. I'm just nervous about them. Let's move on now to my survivor pick for this week, the Seahawks' home opener against the 49ers. I think this is a huge get-right week. For as interesting as we think this 49ers offense will be, they only managed three points last week against the Panthers, and the Seahawks' defense is better, and they're at home. So I think this could be a disaster for Kyle Shanahan. And because of that reason, I'm all in on the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson is going to throw a couple of touchdowns, may even run one in, um, because I just don't think they're going to be able to corral him Doug Baldwin's going to be running wild out there. Jimmy Graham, I don't think you know the Niners have anybody who can run with him. But I'm not that pessimistic about Carlos Hyde this week. Okay. And the reason for that is he set his career high in receptions last week. Yep. So even when they're down, number one, he's not leaving the field. And number two, they still want to feature him in the pass game to try and help them get back. Yeah, I think I have written down on my notes 27-7. So I pretty much believe that the Seahawks are going to smother the 49ers. Um very much in the fashion that the Panthers did. Uh, you ha- uh, you rolled Baldwin and Jimmy Graham back out with Wilson. I agree- start them. I agree with you. I think that they'll return more to form this week. Uh, I don't hate Chris Carson as a DraftKings play. I think he's going to be pretty cheap. And Rawls is still kind of battling an injury. They're saying he's going to play this week. We'll see how they much said he, he was plays. Play week one, right? So we'll see how much he plays. I kind of like Chris Carson in DFS. Um, Moving to the other side, you know, I have Hyde in a couple of leagues, and I agree with you. I, I think that his volume is just going to be too much for me to bench, and I think that he'll still be able to return some value with that volume. But anyone else, you know, Garcon, I don't see much much going his way, and, and the rest of the offense I think will follow much in that yeah. fashion. Um, Eddie, La- Eddie Lacy's been dropped in a lot of my leagues. Are you on that camp of you can drop Lacy? Yes, I am. Yeah. There's too many guys, too many names being thrown around that I'm not going to waste a roster spot on a guy who got me three rushing yards week one. Right. Let's move on now to what hopefully will be a fantastic Sunday night game. The Packers going to Atlanta. The Mercedes-Benz Superdome opens with what will hopefully be the highest scoring game of the week. These guys played two fantastic games last year, yep. including one in the playoffs. Well, actually, that was that one. I forgot the Falcons actually blew the Packers out. It was exciting, though. But it was. And one of the reasons for that is the Packers have no idea how to cover Julio Jones. Yeah. And in every single game last year where Julio Jones failed to gain 75 yards, the next week he at least scored a touchdown. And most weeks he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. 
Bad news Keep for going. Packers fans. <laughs> Julio Jones had less than 75 yards receiving Keep last going, week. Don. Any, any other awesome Julio stats you want to throw out? I'm all ears. He wears number 11. <laughs> and you should start him. And you might even want to invest in him in Daily Fantasy because I think he's due for a giant game. Yeah, I think that he may be worth that heavy price tag too. And I think you can start him and all his buddies. Freeman, Coleman, and Ryan, you know, year season long, I'm fine with you starting all of them. I kind of like Sanu this week as well. And in DraftKings, maybe maybe you don't want to go with Julio, maybe Gabriel on a deep ball. Other side of the ball, the Packers love him. Start all three receivers. Nelson, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb. I think they all deserve a start. I think Bennett deserves a start. Rodgers is the ultimate starter. And Ty Montgomery is going to become the ultimate starter yeah. after another Big performance this week with a high snap share. I say he scores another touchdown this week, and he continues to cement that role. Yeah, and the Falcons have had a really difficult time covering pass-catching running backs, and there's literally no more prototypical pass-catching running back than a converted wide receiver. So I think Ty Montgomery might give the Falcons nightmares this week. I'm picking the Packers, but I also root for the Packers, so I can't really not admit my bias there. But We'll split it down the middle. I like Atlanta on the fast track at home. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, you got to keep your eye on Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams because we know Jordy's going to get his, but it might turn into something like a, a Cobb week and Adams week. A Cobb week and Adams week. Adams had a tough matchup. They really lined him up with Richard Sherman a yeah. lot and didn't move him around as much as they did Cobb and Jordy Nelson. So, you know, maybe he starts to move around a little bit more so they can get him in better spaces this week. But, you know, I guess we'll have to just kind of wait and see uh, with those two. But, I mean,. Like you said, this is a great week to start them both. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I'm nervous about Adams and Cobb because it's never been one week off, one week on with those guys. It's been, this is a Cobb year, this is a Devontae Adams year, and, you know, we're kind of stuck waiting in the balance for that to weigh itself out. I think they're both very much worth a start this week. I think Rodgers is going to throw the ball probably close to 40-plus times, and when that happens... Get those guys out there that are catching the passes. Absolutely. My biggest question mark of this week is what on earth are the Giants doing back on primetime football? They played Detroit Monday night. They looked horrible on Sunday night. And now they get a little bit of a longer week to prepare. But Matthew Stafford looked really good. This defense looks primed to get torched again. And I'm really worried about the Giants, especially if Odell plays, and we've seen no indication that he's actually going to. Yeah, they need Odell on the field for this offense to be to have anyone else really startable, in my opinion, unless you're going to start Vereen and hope he catches another nine three-yard passes like he did last week. Um, I don't really know if that's going to happen. The Lions actually have a pretty good defensive backfield, so Sterling Shepard and Brennan Marshall may see some of the same problems that they ran into last week. Um, I like the Lions winning this game, but I do think it's going to be a bit of an uggo. Um, I'm fine with you starting Stafford. Just uh, you know, He's just such a good volume quarterback. Um, and I'm throwing Riddick out there too, and I'd throw Tate out there too. Well, who gets the Jackrabbit? Who's That's the question. Be covering? I don't think he's going to move into the slot, though, Don. Do you? I don't know because last week they put him on Marvin Jones. So right. He could or sorry, last week, uh, you know, the main cover was Marvin Jones. The Cardinals put Patrick Peterson on him. He doesn't really move to the slot, so you're right. He might not get Golden Tate. Which, if he ends up covering Marvin Jones, I'm no expert, 
but I did stay in a Galladay Inn Express last night. <laughs> and I'm starting him everywhere. You think? Because I believe. I think he has just shown us that he can ball. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy you throw to. A guy who you know is going to come down with it. You know, the Lions, everybody's saying it, like... He really might be their little baby Megatron. Yeah. You know, like they really might have gotten that lucky and found a guy who can give them maybe some of what they lost when Calvin Johnson left this team. And if that's the case, then I want him out in my lineup because he's just going to be a fun guy to have for the rest of this year. Yeah. You kind of sold me on him there. Um, you're right. I don't see him getting Janoris Jenkins. You know, he's going right. to get that rookie kind of disrespect. And actually, like, rotating snaps with TJ Jones might work to his benefit in this game. But I don't think that's going to happen much for the rest of the year. I don't year. think it will happen too too much either, but that rotation might get the scent off of Galladay a little bit and keep the, the jackrabbit away from him. Um, you know, I would be a little nervous about Galladay, but the production has been there, and it's been there as long yeah. as, as, as he's been on the Lions, including the preseason. I've got one more note on the Lions. If they end up putting the Giants away in a similar fashion to what the Cowboys did, we could actually see a lot more carries for Amir Abdullah, yes. which would make him kind of like a nice little sleeper play, um, especially for those of you who had David Johnson and just lost him. I was actually considering starting him this week, instead, but then I ended up picking up Buck Allen. So I, I don't think he's a bad option. You know, if you don't have a better one, there's a lot worse ways it could go. To kind of quote yeah. Tom, you could do worse. Right. You know? Um, so I, I'm interested. Are you benching all your G-men until El Odell comes back, though? The only yeah. one I've considered starting, and I'm actually currently starting in the league this week, is Evan Engram. I think Engram's probably one that's that could be worth a start, especially if you're a little thin at tight end or you're in a deep league. Um but yeah, it was really something to see how bad they were. It was painful. Without watch. Odell, I mean, the one guy I might think about starting is Shane Vereen because he he caught nine passes last week for what that's worth. And if you're in a full PPR league, I mean, he he was he was a starter last week. You could do worse, and you can do a whole lot worse, Dom. Yeah. Well, we hopefully hopefully all of you who lost last week do a whole lot better. Uh, we hope that those of you who won continue your winning streak. Uh, Hopefully this week is a little bit more gaudy for fantasy owners to to intake because we need we need some more guys going off. How about we get some guys who are drafted in the first round to score a couple touchdowns? I would love that. That's all I'm asking for. I would want nothing more. Nothing than that. crazy. Just maybe even the first two rounds. Let's get those guys some touchdowns instead of Jesse James and Tommy Bohannon. Right, exactly. Let's see those guys get going and uh you know, if you guys are still thinking about your lineup as you move through the week, you can hit me up on, at WagsFF. You can hit up our main account at RutsFF. You can hit up Don at Why So Serious. And don't forget about Tom. He may still be half the world away, but he's still 24-7 on Twitter. Always on Twitter. You can hit him up at HillierFF. Hit, hit us up with those start sits. We can respond to you. We You know, we had a couple on Sunday we were happy right. to respond to. Even a couple Saturday night when you, if you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't set my lineup at like 2 a.m. while you're still out at the bar. Hit us up. We might not be up at 2, but we'll answer when we wake up at right. a reasonable hour. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed the Week 2 preview. Let us know what you think on Twitter as we said. Keep those five-star reviews coming. Again, start sick questions will automatically get answered. Uh, cut cut keep questions. We'll also, we would also love to get in some five-star reviews. And uh, we will see you on Tuesday on the other side. But until next time, keep scoring. Baby, we were born to win.